0: in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello, and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call, 513-575-9654. If you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, even an NUA analysis, also kind of here's the point. If you're no longer at the company, then as a rule, your money should not be there either. So we can help you roll that out into a tax neutral IRA, take control of your money. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Greg. Well, today we're gonna be
1: discussing how behavioral biases can affect your investment success kind of a change up here you know learning how to take emotion out of investing to help you be successful in retirement that's leading up to it uh, being in it staying in it successfully all the way through of course now if you've recently retired or plan to retire in the next three to five years you just might be feeling a bit anxious about now perhaps even even overwhelmed well making smart financial decisions for retirement no one said it was an easy task but it's understandable if you're feeling some pressure. But don't give in. It's human nature that emotions and behavioral bias, will they impact the influence. and for some of us out there and even here at times, it can control the decision making. And some of the column impulses could undermine the investment success that you seek, and it can hinder your overall market outlook for retirement, because it can affect how you invest, how you approach investing. Uh, how patient you are over the investments and trusting capital markets to work effectively and most efficiently over longer periods of time. We get caught in the moment. We get caught in the crosshairs of, of uh, short-term thinking, uh, near-term reactionism. All of those things are kind of like bundled up in a byproduct and a kind of a manifestation of our own emotions. We all have them, right? We're emotional creatures. If we weren't, what a, what a truly sad world we'd live in. Well, if you learn to overcome your emotions, and we do the same here back at the ranch, you know, these behavioral biases for your retirement and your investing, they can be can contained, they can be kind of controlled in a way that can be positive. You know, James, these volatile markets is, and um, in volatility in this, in this uh, context, I mean, downward pressure, the market pulls back, contracts, uh, you can call it corrections, reversals. Uh, I wouldn't say recession is here by any means, but but there's certainly, you know, there's some of those stocks out there have hit bearish territory, but we're not in a bear market either. But all of that can be spooky enough that you just might be tempted to pull the trigger on selling. And then, as it's been said many times here and other places, you buy the loss. You memorialize it. You put a pin in, in or a dot on that map and it's not going to come back because you don't own it anymore. You just owned it on the downside. You've taken all the risk. You've, you've, uh, you've lost all the sleep. You've endured all the stomach acid. And here, you, you just went without the paycheck. You endured the risk, but you walked away from the reward. Don't ever do that. When you're in appropriate risk for the right purpose aligned with a, with a financial plan, stay with the plan. Work the plan. Okay? Okay. You'll never regret that over a longer period of time. You'll look back and you'll see, we see these divots on little charts. We've all seen them. You'll see the markets up, down, sideways, just all kind of listed on a chart, uh, kind of longitudinally, horizontally over long periods of time versus short periods. In short periods, it looks like someone's very uh, concerning EKG. But then as you stretch that timeline, that line over time, those divots, those peaks and those valleys, they tighten up to become Well, fairly smoothed out, not nearly as seemingly consequential. That will always be the case because that's actually a fundamental truth about this aspect of investing. So today's show, we want to explain some of the common behavioral biases and show you ways to take out those emotions when you're investing your hard-earned dollars and to help you be successful in retirement and beyond. Now, just like anything in life, emotions, well, they can often get the best of us. But when it comes to something as significant as your retirement, you want to make sure that you avoid any impulse or rash decisions that can
0: ultimately harm your retirement years beginning right now. All right, so let's get to the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. So for starters, what exactly do we mean by behavioral biases? For example, what is the snakebite effect? How can emotions such as the fear, the greed, the overconfidence impact the either the individual me or the collective we when it comes to retirement? What is fear of regret? Maybe you know it better as fear of missing out. And how do I avoid letting this affect my retirement plan? And again, that's even if you have a plan. What is the disposition effect? What are some common risks in retirement that need to be prepared for? Really, no matter what, what are some of the common risks that almost everyone faces in retirement? What can I control when it comes to the plan itself? James, right
1: there. What can you control? I mean, you could answer that. You all listening out there, you could answer that. And then uh, apply it to life in general. What is it you really do control at the end of the day? Not a lot. But here's something we all can control, our reaction, our emotions. And that's precisely what we're out here. If your plan is adjusted for the right risk level, owning the right mix of assets for the right purpose, then let the plan work and the elements you can control, because you can't control the ins and outs and dynamics of the given market, right? We know this. Control those emotions. It will pay you well. You know this. You don't want to be part of the herd mentality where you're working opposite of reality, you know, where you you sell low and buy high and repeat the process. No. So control. There's that word, James.
0: Well, going back to the, the scale of the control, such as on a micro basis, that means in your personal lives, whether it be controlling or getting a control on your spending habits, Or on the macro level, as far as the economy itself and inflation, maybe in general. So another one, what should I look for when choosing a financial advisor? What are some of the qualifications that are important? Now, that that also means what's important to you now, what's important to you later, depending upon what phase, what stage of life you're in, whether you're, you're still in your working years, if you're transitioning to retirement, or if you're already in retirement. What is important to you that your financial advisor either could or should help you with? Well, James, let's just answer that question. We believe strongly, so much so
1: that for the past nearly 20 years, we've built um, our whole career path on this. And that is a holistic advisory firm that specializes in investment management, insurance solutions, financial planning, income planning, Medicare taxes, estate planning, all conjoined or bolted together together. ...to be that total solution, like a Mayo Clinic of Financial Services. We believe that's so much more exponentially powerful than you going off on a tangent... ...that Wall Street will have you to think is, is absolutely normal when we know it's Abby normal. If you ever saw Young Frankenstein, you know exactly what, what uh, jar of brain I'm talking about. It's not normal. Don't assume what the enemy tells you is correct. And I'm telling you, Wall Street's not your friend, so it's closer to your enemy. You need a total solution. Now, if you're just starting out, as James said... Maybe you're just starting out with some investments. We'll help you with that. But we'll make sure it matches with a long-term plan. And if you're closer to retirement, we'll make sure that plan matches that picture too. And longitudinally the rest of that, how that runs through the income you need, the cash flow, the retirements based upon, based on the assets and investments you have, we'll make sure those investments align with your risk, that they're broadly diversified, that if some part of your money you never want exposed to risk or the market, we'll make sure it's safe, fully insured, guaranteed, and we'll provide you benefits like guaranteed income for life, like a second social security check or a pension check in the household that so many people don't even have pension checks anymore, right? You could use that certainty of cash flow. So in times like this, when there's more uncertainty and volatility creeps up in the market, you have like a pivot foot nailed to the floor. That foot that's nailed to the floor is your safe money, your green money. I know so many with those guarantees, it can go up with the market. Um, If the market's up, you get some of that, some the most. If it's flat, Okay. Zero is your hero. If it's down, you lose nothing. And we'll have some other strategies that are market-based strategies that kind of emulate that kind of that concept of not causing your money to be at such risk unnecessarily and
0: still meeting your objectives and your expectations realistically too. So here's what that means. It's, and it's just, this is a teaser for the next segment is having a market-based portfolio that has a built-in shock absorber or a buffer that can help to absorb, and and again, like the portfolio itself says, buffer away potential market losses. No, it's not too good to be true. It actually does exist. We have it. Stay tuned. We can tell you more about it after the commercial break. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted.
1: Welcome back to the Sound Money
0: Investment Show with
1: Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown.
0: And I'm James Borth. And we are an independent registered investment advisory firm. That means we do work for clients and not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com, email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, today's show,
1: today's soup de jour that we've, we've labeled how behavioral biases can affect your investment success, we continue. You know, rather than talking about your typical retirement topics, um, you know, the investment methods of broad allocation, diversification, we we'll get a little more specific on a few of these or 401ks pensions. You generally understand that we speak towards that week over week. If you're out there, with, you know, with a company that's looking at buyouts or transitions or you're looking at transitioning your career to another company, um, take that 401k. Give us a call. We'll we'll fire up a, a, a complimentary financial plan for you, show you how to roll that over into the IRA on a tax neutral basis. Get that queued up. Get your private, your personal um individualized, comprehensive financial plan in motion years ahead of your actual retirement. Take advantage of moving companies to roll out and roll over those 401ks, uh, tax sheltered annuities, 403bs if you're in the healthcare teaching community or the not-for-profit worlds. Uh, And if you're out there with a a company that you're leaving, um, that there's some compensation or some golden parachutes or let's say restricted stock units that you're dealing with that confuse you, highly appreciable stock of the company inside your 401k we can help with that if you're looking at pension decisions on you're offered up a lump sum or some monthly payment or something in between and, and what makes the most sense again we will help you with that we're specialists in these areas we, we're not one-trick ponies that just do investments only and good luck it we do the whole you say the kitchen sink I guess you could say it's kind of like uh, when back in Oklahoma where we're originally from there was this place that had um, everything, but uh, including the kitchen sink. And it was an ice cream shop and it looked like a kitchen sink. It'd come to your table as a family. Everyone gets a spoon and get you some of that ice cream. It had every flavor in it. It was kind of a, a nightmare for cardiologists. I'm sure uh, putting it in the context of today's age and genre that we're in and speaking towards, but you know, people out there just like you are trying to deal with investments and the puzzle pieces of retirement. And you're trying to put together a puzzle and you're lacking some of the pieces. Well, we have some pieces to share. You don't have to boil down to luck, serendipity, trusting Wall Street, trusting a brokerage firm. You can work with a boutique such as us. Now, James is asking me, well, what do I think a boutique is? Now I'm not looking up Webster's here, but I think it's one of those little shops you step into when you're in one of those 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 towns um, around the town center. It's an older town, you're sidewalk shopping, window shopping, and you see a little boutique and you step in it and you think, my gosh, I just found this awesomeness uh, from a place place I least expected it. So we're boutique in so much as we offer things that Wall Street cookie cut, they they don't offer. Okay, so here's something James was teasing a little earlier. Um, And it's, it's really, it's called the Buffered Index Portfolio and it has some siblings that kind of work in similar ways, but are really, they're awesome. They're unique. Uh, James, which one would you like to kind of touch on first?
0: We'll start with just a regular Buffered Index, and then we'll get to the dual directional seconds.
1: Well, James mentioned, how would some shock absorption feel when you're going down the bumpy roads of volatile markets? Well, it'd feel mighty fine for many of you. You know, psychologically, it would help a lot. It'd buffer fear, angst, anxiety, and concern, and uncertainty. Well, Buffered Index Portfolio... Pretty straightforward. This is a simple explanation. Now, it uses uh, puts and calls in the options market and leverages to some things that, that we'll just kind of keep out of the way of you conceptually. Just think of here's how it basically works top down. You know, here's the watch, not how it's built. Let's say over an 18-month period beginning on some date this very month, we get new offerings of these each month that we present to clients. Sometimes we don't like the offering or percentage or, you know, whatever's on the on the table enough to broadcast much about other times we get kind of excited too like wow these are some good offerings the standard version currently that this is a this is a program that has a time date reference okay these offerings change so for compliance purposes i'm telling you this exists right now but the numbers change the offerings shift but they're pretty cool each and every time they just differ slightly 18 months from now if the S&P or Dow ends in some kind of result which it will right it'll be up down or sideways well if 18 months from now it's up a certain percentage versus down a percentage this is very important the buffered index strategy has something called a cap and the buffer the cap is the the upside uh, participation that you can have in the result of the s p or the dow uh, over an 18 month period at the end of an 18 month period so if the cap is thirty percent which it currently is on one of these and the buffer the buffer is the amount that the strategy absorbs of the downside as james mentioned the shock absorber it's currently twenty percent so let's roll the clock forward and and test this if 18 months later the dow's up thirty percent then you would get thirty percent that's the cap if it's up thirty five percent you get thirty if it's up forty you get thirty if it's up twenty you get twenty you you know you go up to what it does but you cannot exceed the cap in this example being 30%. Not bad over 18 months. The upside potential of 30% from a, from a, an equities market, right? From an index, you can track. It's publicly listed. Everyone can follow it. You see it on your TV screen every day at the bottom, most channels, sometime during a newscast or whatever. Now, 18 months later, a different outcome. Let's say the market's down 20% you're down zero. It absorbs the first 20% of the downside. If, If the market's down 10, you're down zero. If it's down five, you're down zero. If it's down 22%, you're down two. The first 20 is absorbed by the strategy. That can offer people a lot of peace of mind when they're trying to reach for the door handle and exit the market out of hysteria, anxiety, and just reactionism, fear. You don't have to do it. Now, I would suggest to you, our, our investment strategies with the equities blended with some fixed assets, the more traditional methods of investing through active management work effectively, too, because we're risk managing over time. But if you need that extra like what's in it for me, well, that's the cap, the upside. And if you like that cap and you think that's a fair proposition to the upside over a period of time, like 18 months, then good. That's the first check mark to check off the list. But equally important is. If fear is what is concerning you over markets, politics, geopolitical concerns, inflation, interest rates, and supply chain management, and this perfect storm of, of just, you know, things that concern people, then look at the buffer. If you like the buffer, where from this market that's currently down somewhat measurably, if you think 18 months from now to be down an additional 20% and you want the first 20% to be zero for you, then that's a pretty nice outcome. Put a check mark there. We ought to be talking together. Give us a call, 513-575-9654, 575-9654, or email us at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and we'll get together and talk about this, okay? We'll we'll analyze your current investments. We'll put together a draft plan. We'll answer all your questions. We'll make recommendations. We'll share these unique boutique strategies and, and help you along. So that's one. Now, it has siblings. Now, can you make money on a negative market? If the market's down, do we have a buffered index strategy that would pay you on a negative outcome of a
0: market indice? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Well, let's stop right there. Without actually shorting the market, can you make money in a down market? And this is what we're going to describe next because the answer is yes. So what if um,
1: we told you there's a, a sibling, a kid brother of this other strategy, James called it the traditional one, the regular one. Well, here's the next one. It's called dual direction, and it's just a slight modification. Instead of two working parts, there's just add in a third, just a third element. It's not complicated. It's real easy when we get together and explain it, but we've already explained you have a cap limiting your upside. Uh, We gave an example of 30. Well, in the dual index strategy right now, that upside is 33%, okay? The buffer, the amount absorbed to the downside, well, it's 15%. I know, I know. 15 is less than 20. You might want the 20% thingy, me jigger, right? But no, there's a reason why it's 5% less to the downside. It absorbs the first 15%, and here's why it's limited a little bit on the downside because it does this third thing, and it's called paying you on a negative return. What? Yes, if 24 months later, this one is on a 24-month um, time frame or duration instead of 18. At the end of 24 months, if the market's down between negative one and the 15% of the buffer, you get paid a positive amount of money. If it's down negative five, the market's down negative five, you'll get a positive five as your return. While in a standard equity strategy, you just be down like the rest of the crowd. If it's down 14, you get a positive 14. If it's down negative 14.99, you get positive 14.999. But if it's 15 or greater, if it's 15, zero, it absorbed the 15%. That's what you get, nothing. You don't get any downside. If it's down 20, you're down five. Back to the same way the buffer works. So dual directional works just slightly different. So if you think the market might be down, but gosh, if it's down a little, you don't want to just get nothing or be down a little. You want to get paid too? Well, we have something for you. It's not too good to be true. We can explain how. just want you to be aware of these things.
0: Oh, yeah. There's more. There's much more. Our phone about the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to The Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. Detox station.
1: Welcome back to The Sound Money
0: Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth And we are an independent registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies. And it really does all start with having a plan. That means knowing what you own and why you own it. So when you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investments planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, a Roth conversion analysis, an NUA analysis, perhaps even for some, an in service rollover, all those and more, we can help. 513 575 9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, we have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester and Florence, y'all. Yeah, you know, James, just
1: got an email. Someone said, do you have any strategies that are are for income? The answer is yes. I mean, we have a number of strategies that are geared towards income and um, even some that would, if you thought the, the buffered index and the dual index strategies were interesting, well, please don't fall victim to the fear of change. Contact us anyway. Just learn more about it. You know, there are a lot of behavioral biases. Some of them are deeply rooted in fear, as we've already indicated. But um, yes, to answer that question, income focus. even some of these uh, in this family um, that we just mentioned of just kind of a nuanced boutique-ish type um, strategies, this, this one, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's based on, well, let me just tell you what it does. You can judge it by the fruit. And we can look at the, the tree and the orchard together one on one in the interest of time. But you could get, let's say, a million dollars, or it could be $100,000, but I'm just going to, you know, they're just zeros when it comes down to how the math works. But on a million dollars, a 10% income strategy that would pay you $100,000 a year, $25,000 per quarter, based on the market just needs to stay in a certain range of upness versus down this a certain vein a certain channel a certain range a certain parameter and you get that $25,000 coupon payment every 90 days 25,000 every 90 days now there's a chance that the strategy could be called away and we just have to lock and reload and go back into you know a successor strategy that's wired very similarly um, because sometimes they they get so good that they just get bought back Um, still dealing in the options market to some degree but we just want to keep it simple for you here so you could have a 10% coupon strategy. It pays $100,000 a year on a million dollars, rolling that forward. And if the market's down a certain degree, you will own, and I mean a significant downness um, before you would actually own any downness to the market. So there is some risk, but you always have risk in market investing. But oftentimes you're taking risk and you don't really have an income play. You're just taking simple dividends of 2 or 3% or you're just taking 4% out of your account and just hope it works out over time. There are better strategies to this. Now we could get full guarantees through annuity products, the most competitive ones out there. We have access to, where you know you'll have a paycheck while you have a pulse. You'll get some of the market upside, no the downside. So we have zero downside risk strategies, and we have some limited risk and managed risk, all kinds of strategies. Just keep it in mind. So understanding market markets in terms of volatility, um, you know, most everything that's going on in the world right now impacts. Money and markets, right? It gives us all more reason for you and and us to sit down together and be proactive with your retirement plan so it can withstand the volatility. We will stress test your plan, your investments, your strategy together. And the volatility come from from the market and our our country facing here in the foreseeable future with uh, inflation. I'll just tell you, we believe and our analysts believe that inflation is going to come down significantly over the next 12 months it'll still result in being historic highs, right? Even if it came from 8.5% down to 4.5%, there'd be tremendous economic relief in that. But if you compare 4.5% annualized inflation to the Fed's target 2% or so, it's a significantly higher number. So it'll be in the books still as a historically high inflation rate, but it'd be a lot better. Interest rates, most of the interest rates increases that are projected by the Fed have already been absorbed uh, and are, are baked into the market and forward-looking. Now, here's some optimism for you. Do you know this market? Let's just say the value of the S&P, whether you understand this in detail, just keep it high level here. It was 27 times earnings of the S&P. It was flying highs of 1231, 2021, right? Years in. Year to date, it's been messy out there, no doubt about it. It's brought the value of the overall market down to about 15 times earnings. Now, the difference between 27 and 15 may, may not sound... Uh, very large to you, but percentage wise, that's a big move. Now, if average portfolios are down around, uh, let's say, out there to benchmarks, not our portfolios, but there are people down NASDAQ, down north of 20%, others in uh, broader indices, down around 15%. Well, what I'm telling you is the market by times earnings is grossly oversold. And right now, the market is beating up these companies and their stock values over the fact that here's the truth for you. Do you think consumption's changed much? Do you think companies' top-line earnings are changing much with with a fever pitch at which people are buying goods and services? They're they're paying crazy amounts for things they want yesterday and they'll wait three months for it and still not cancel their orders. So I'm telling you, most companies' top-line earnings are staying on target. It's their net earnings that are getting beat up. Now, these companies are reprojecting forward to the earnings right now. And since they're going to miss some of those earnings, they're going to get beat up short term. But here's the beauty in this story. And it always is. And the volatility of market presents opportunity to investors who know better and stick by the stuff and don't react to things like this behavior. Now, here's what happens. They miss the cycle of earnings. Their values go down. Investors feel hurt. But guess what happens next? Those reprojected earnings lower the bar of future forecast to the level that they can jump the bar, clear the bar for successive quarters to come. And Wall Street re-rewards them all over again with higher stock values and price values and dividends and good stuff because the top line is still tight. People are buying stuff. The bottom line, because of the expense called cost of money for companies trying to expand stuff, build new factories, hire more people, and, and have ingredient costs in their products who use the credit markets by leverage to expand. Their current leverage is going up in cost because interest rates are going up. Their future leverage and plans may shift some, but it's going to incorporate higher costs. So I'm telling you, their expenses are going up, but their top line sales are the same. Their profits are going down, but they'll set the bar forward, reproject. Analysts will reward them with go forward earnings, price value increases, the stock market will improve, your investments will survive, succeed, and, and sail if you just stick by the stuff. Our active managers are looking for the stocks that are poised to come back sooner than later, getting out of some, replacing with others, uh, resizing the dollars invested in some over others. For these very reasons, looking to see those that are restating their earnings are setting the bar lower. They're going to clear the bar and they're going to succeed and they're going to be rewarded. And if you're an investor and you're an investor with us, you're going to enjoy the benefits of that. So there's a, there's some anti-venom. There's some there's an antidote for fear and bias that you might be carrying on board in this market. And if you still have too much fear to proceed in the market in a traditional sense, we've already shared with you some boutique alternatives that can ease some of the fear and anxiety and absorb some of the downside of the market while you still participate in a very favorable amount of the upside too. So James, that was just kind of off the cuff, just a thought there about what the reality of these markets really are, that these talking heads just don't get to in three-second points and three-minute bullet points where one bear shows up, one bull shows up, and they face off for six minutes, and then it's commercial break on these darn TV shows that mean about nothing.
0: Yeah, investor news or investor noise, right? Yes. So when it comes to emotions, and yes, emotions range all the way from fear to greed and everything in between. So putting names or putting labels on these different things For example, fear of regret, also uh, known as fear of missing out. And oftentimes what we see is where an investment has dropped in price and investors hold on to it, hoping or expecting that it will rebound. And otherwise, they have that fear of missing out on the rebound, which is why they hold on to that stock as it continues to go down. We see this most often with people who have large sums of money in their own company stock, whether it be GE or GM back in the day, or Procter & Gamble. Different examples of people that typically hold on to their own company stock may be far too long. Another one is the seeking of pride. And this is really the opposite of the fear of regret. This is when you sell an investment simply to experience the joy of boasting how much you've made or profited on that particular sale. Now hindsight, of course, is 2020. But take, for example, an investor who bought way back in the day, $10,000 of Amazon stock at its initial public offering. So back in 1997, you bought it and you sold it for a quick 20% gain of $2,000, which is actually pretty nice, right? Short-term gain, 20%. Well, if you'd hold on to that same stock over the next 20 plus years, that same portfolio of $10,000 would now be worth over $5 million. Yes, I know that's an extreme example, but that's happened to people over time. And again, that's the seeking of pride. Greg, what's next?
1: I'm kind of forgiving on that one. It happens. And sometimes you need to book some gains, look for a pullback in a stock you like and re-enter it. And that's what our active managers do. And um, because there is that that corollary, that opposite there, that where you can fall in love with a stock and, and boy, it will it will run around on you in the end. It just won't work out well. Falling in love with an investment is not highly uh, recommended whatsoever. House money effect equating gains as winnings and taking larger than normal risks since they were market-driven additions to your original investment. You know, Taking those larger risks can jeopardize gains and possibly turn gains to losses. That means when you think, well, I'm in the house's money anyway, I'll just let it ride. No, you still need to have prudent metrics of how you invest. And that's why active management over individual management prevails because we take emotion out of the equation on a professional basis that most people, even the strongest willed people minded you've ever met, fail to do so. They fall in love with stocks. They get a little arrogant with the positioning. They um, they don't use proper metrics. They don't know how to trim the winnings, reinvest, divest, diversify, etc.
0: without a tainted amount of emotion. Well, I, I think also, too, there's a degree of some versus all of a portfolio being managed in a certain way so when people tend to do it yourself on their investment management and they do their entire portfolio their Mm -hmm. entire nest egg this way letting their emotions get the better of their what should be logical decisions that's when we see these types of, of events occur
1: very true and we oftentimes use multiple strategies in a household
0: amongst several
1: portfolio styles So for that very reason,
0: that's a good reminder that it doesn't have to be a one size fits all for the household. It could be that the husband versus the wife, that they have different types of strategies because they have different levels or different types of risk tolerance or sufficient funds amongst themselves to split up in different
1: strategies to kind of triangulate the market and go at it and engage it from different perspectives um, diversification within diversification.
0: Yep. Our thunderbird number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. and listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. Detox Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show, with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Worth, and we are an independent RIA. That's our registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, we were a little long-winded last segment,
1: so we'll have to saddle up and ride fast. Some of these biases, behavioral biases that can affect your investment success. we covered several. Next one is snakebite effect. It's being unwilling to take on a risk or avoid a particular investment once it's dropped in value. You know, the downside of avoiding investments that have dropped in value is possibly missing out on future potential from buying that particular investment. Now, why? Well, maybe you've been um, twice bitten once shy, well, you're just now shy. It's understandable, but you, that's an emotion. If the metrics say this is on sale, it's a quality stock, our active managers are going to be stepping into it and taking
0: a position and a reasonable position. So avoid snake bite effect for sure. Well, and remember, some of these are not necessarily bad. We're just saying don't let them overwhelm your decision-making process. So for example, trying to break even, this is where people throw good money after bad, and they might double down, try to recoup losses quickly by making high risk investments. This is dangerous when you have a certain risk tolerance of let's just say that you're a balanced or moderate investor, and suddenly you became very aggressive in the market, hoping to break even quickly, but you wind up losing twice. Another one is called reference points. This is make your buy and sell decisions in terms of your gains and losses relative to certain reference points, such as planning to sell a stock when it reaches a predetermined price. Yeah, Again, pre-determined not necessarily price. a bad behavior. Just take note of your emotions on this.
1: I mean, conceptually, your predetermined price versus the reality that the market doesn't care anything about your predetermined price. It's a little risky. The uh,
0: familiarity of investing only in companies or municipalities or other types of entities for which you are most familiar. And again this does happen and can be okay with the portion of your portfolio but not for all of it as you may be passing up other investments or even asset classes that have better or higher potential greg now a little bit of a transition this one's called mental accounting
1: and it's it's kind of the risk of classifying your investments by accounts very high level like retirement education ira 401k now we're all for taking your money and aligning it with a purpose and according to a plan and investing towards that plan. But um, it should be looked at really as asset classes and trying to be non-redundant and highly efficient. And if certain buckets of your money are geared towards income versus growth, then what's held matters. So don't look at them so broadly. As how they're labeled as IRAs, 401ks, et cetera. Look at them for what they hold, what they should hold, aligned to a plan properly diversified. You know, again, limiting your redundancies, overlaps, and in these inefficiencies that just cost you returns and increase risk over time. Representativeness. Representativeness, what a multi-syllable word that what would it mean? Well, associating a specific characteristic as representative of a future success or failure such as equating a good company with a good stock. You know, there are good companies out there, good business models, where you think, that's a sure thing. Gosh, that makes perfect sense. But they fail to execute, and the company's not good at managing profitability. They might have tremendous gross sales, but little net revenue, and they're not going to be rewarded. They'll be penalized. Be careful, that you think something represents a good stock because it's a good company or good idea, but
0: in fact, it's not a good investment. All right. Another one's called the endowment effect. This is when you place extra value on investments that you already own and you kind of feel a personal loss in giving them up. It's almost like admitting you're wrong and somehow that personal pride gets in the way of doing that. Now, keep in mind, and this is when you depersonalize things and you say, well, does the stock or the investment, the stock bond or the mutual fund or the ETF, It doesn't know that you own it, and it really technically doesn't care. It's not really anything that you should subscribe human emotions to. So don't fall in love with the individual investments. That's the whole point about this. You know, be willing to move on. That means to sell if the price is right or simply to seek better investment opportunities. The other one's called the disposition effect. This is reacting to the media when it releases certain media or company-specific news but neglecting to react to the macroeconomic developments that are going on. So again, investment news versus investment noise sometimes leads to your buying and selling investment decisions at the worst or the most, I'd say, the least opportune times. So doing the opposite of what you should be doing, buy when you should sell, sell when you should buy.
1: Yeah, good old TV. Um, It was either on-air or off-air. You mentioned Kramer. This is how people like let's say a Kramer and they're out there um, about money and markets and TV hosts. And you think, well, what's in it for them? Well, good question. You might want to investigate that further. Kramer, as an example, he he invests through his trust and he has a subscriber base where you can track and um, trail his investments in that trust, because by putting it in the trust, he doesn't have the same benefit rationale that you might think it, short or long story short it makes it legal for him to make some of these recommendations without some of the consequences that would normally and legally and compliantly be engaged in making suggestions or recommendations to the to a large group of people without being their actual contracted advisor so just be careful if anyone has freelance opportunity to make whatever investment recommendations, without tying it down to reality, or even being able to fully disclose what's in it for them because they're putting it over in some kind of trust. Look out. It's just out there everywhere. Be careful. I think of another one that has this, this broker that's on one side, an advisor on the other, and the client standing by the broker switches screens to the side of the so-called fiduciary advisor. Well, I can tell you that particular advisory group has one portfolio series. They're one trick ponies. And they target people with 500000 or more and act like they're some high net worth specialty group. Don't buy some of this stuff.
0: Sell. Run. We will help you with these kinds of things as actual fiduciaries. One more comment about trying to either act or react on what you see, read, you know, in the media, on TV, for example. It's like, think about this for just a moment. And this would make sense if you really just kind of stop and think. So, the news of the day on whatever investment that you see, read on TV, likely, you know, that the fact of the matter is the price has already been factored in to the investment by the time that you act on it. So, once again, Wall Street is ahead of the average investor in terms of access to information and the ability to act versus to react. So, whenever you see something on the, the, the boob tube, the TV, The price has already been factored in or the news of the day has already been factored in to that particular price. Very true. All
1: known information is factored into the price of any security at any given time. Only unknowable information could change the outcome of the price of a security. And there's a reason it's called unknowable. And if someone tells you they know the unknowable, you've got to know you're in trouble already. Right. Behavioral bias and retirement risk, all kind of. Uh, Bottle together here. Behavioral biases being very common. Um, don't expect you to be perfect in avoiding them all, right? We're only human, all of us, but understanding controlling your emotions and bias when it comes to investing, it will help you avoid some of these missteps that we just kind of skimmed a stone across the country pond here on. I mean, they can hurt and harm your investment performance and your retirement goals. So when making these decisions, you have to understand that um, it's more than just emotions and bias. We follow very strict discipline guidelines, mission statements and policies and approaches methodically in repeatable processes applied to investments. Different investment strategies, different purposes, large cap stocks, growth stocks, um, a kind of a combination of many different strategies. And one approaches, uh, you know, fund based with, with uh, you know, just really neat things that you should get to learn more about by just contacting us it won't cost you anything but a little bit of your time and we will pour a lot of resource and time and energy in you to help you along educate you make recommendations won't hold anything back and you decide knowing all
0: things transparently if you see a good fit or not well two more very quickly longevity risk this is when you think about retirement could be another 20 to 30 years of of trying to Make all of your money last through not only your golden years, but beyond your golden years, leaving a legacy. So if you're spending 25 years in retirement, how do you afford that? How do you pay for that? And then inflation risk. This should be obvious, but as we see interest rates and also inflation its ugly head again, sometimes what happens is, especially in the bond market, is interest rate risk will cause what looks like bonds to become less attractive compared to the ones that pay more or yield more. And again, this is what's known as interest rate risk when it comes to the bond market.
1: Yeah, you know, to be able to keep up inflation, you got to be investing the same stuff that's pricing stuff higher, or you're just a loser paying too high of expense on the sidelines. You'll be a financial loser in that. Well, we got to wrap this up. We got to go. We appreciate your time today, James.
0: Yes, there's more. There's much more. Our phone about the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But on behalf of Greg, myself, James, we want to thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money. Good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.